0: saying please and thank you is one of the first lessons we learn as children but usually we're eager to please we do as we're told but then we become teens and all bets are off but when's the last time we gave thanks to god for all the great and good things in your life how often do we make that time to really give that thanks being honest i'm not good and i haven't been good at doing that. The first time I really put my trust and faith in Jesus and and God was regarding a decision, I think probably 20 years ago now, um, of changing jobs. It took me 10 years to thank God for giving me the wisdom in that decision. And that only occurred because 10 years later I was reflecting on everything great in my life, my family, my kids, where we were living, our lifestyle. And I realized every single thing in my life was completely connected to that decision of changing jobs. And that's when I started to thank God. Why wouldn't I not thank him? I'm I'm going to come back to this later and share why thanking God is not just an act of faith, but actually it's a glorious moment with God because he also gives back every time we thank him and not just spiritually, but psychologically. And for me, it's been life-changing. And therefore, I chose, and I wanted to talk about Psalm 113 and answer a couple of questions, because this psalm really explains who should praise God, where should we praise God, and why praise God. It's a psalm that Jesus himself sung a lot because it's found in a section of the psalms called the Hallel which is the Hebrew word for praise there are six of these psalms from Psalm 113 to Psalm 118 and they were sung by the Jews every year at the Passover to celebrate the exodus from Israel from, sorry, from Egypt and I want to pause on that for a moment because Psalm 113 was the first psalm of the Hallel that they sang at that passover this means as jesus gathered at the passover with the disciples he sung it out loud he sung it out loud with joy and with passion and we know that he sang it out loud because we read that in matthew 26 30 when they had sung a hymn they went out to the mount of olives the first verse starts with a call to praise the lord It's repeated three times. It's a joyful boast of God's character by his people. And proclaiming it meant putting God above all else and everything. So let's start with the why. Why praise God? This psalm asserts the greatness of God. In verses four and five, there's a special boast The Lord is high above all nations. His glory is above the heavens. Who is like our God, who is enthroned on high? And these verses remind us of Isaiah's wonderful description of the Lord in Isaiah 40, 25 to 26. To whom then will you liken me that I would be his equal? Said the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these stars. The one who leads forth their host by number. He calls them all by name because of the greatness of his might and the strength of his power. Not one of them is missing. So we praise God because he's great. But there's a second reason. Because if he was only great, we would cringe in fear and we would be scared to actually approach him. In verses 5 and 6, we find out more. Who is like the Lord our God, the one who sits enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on the heavens on the earth? Yes, God stoops down. It's amazing that God would even consider the things that happen on earth. But he wants to be involved. He wants to be involved in everything in our lives. And finally, in verses 7 and 8, it's spelt out in radical glory. The author of the psalm points to three situations that could be catastrophic economically in his culture and says that God can and does intervene in all of them. Praise God because he's gracious. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He makes the barren woman abide in the house as a joyful mother of children. There is nothing too great for him and no one too small. And this is echoed by Mary, the mother of our Lord, in the Magnificat, in Luke 1, to 53, he has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and has exalted those who are humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. Or as Spurgeon put it, when we think little of ourselves, God thinks much of us. So why do we praise God? because he's great, and because he's gracious. The core of this message is that God will help the helpless person that calls on him. So let's now cover the where and the when. In verse 3, it's clear. This God of Israel should be praised from the lands where the sun rises, the east, all the way to the west. Everyone should praise him. This means that God should be praised, not only in Israel, but across the whole earth. And again, we learn as much from Malachi 1, verse 11. From the rising of the sun, even to its setting, my name will be great among nations, and in every place incense is going to be offered to my name, and a grain offering that is pure for my name will be great among the nations. God's praises should begin now, and we should continue praying in heaven throughout eternity. And as a parent, if I treated my kids, if I made them dinner once, Phil, or tidied their room, I wouldn't want to wait to Sunday between 10.30 and 12 to be told thanks. I would hope I was thanked in the moment. As a parent, that's what I'd want. So in the who and the where, We all need to give God thanks each day, whether at home, at work, with friends, with family, or as we travel in between. But although the psalm says God can and does intervene in the darkest of situations, let's go back to Jesus singing the psalm at the Passover. Jesus sang this on his darkest night, knowing that intervention was not going to come for him. He knew that after singing his praise of the Father, he would be taken to his shameful trial, his passion, his torture, and his death on the cross. And yet he wanted to sing out loud in praise of the Lord on the verge of his great misery that he was about to be plunged into. Our glorious Jesus plays the man above all men, boldest of all the sons of men. He could sing in joy and praise whilst at the jaws of death. We need to recover a sense that God deserves to be praised, whatever our personal experiences, And whether we think he has intervened for us yet or not. Two years ago, on a Tuesday night, we started praying in here. That prayer service still goes on. I think Ian and Magda lead it. So if anyone wants to, 7.30 to 8.30, Emma's nodding, I think she comes here too. Do come. But two years ago, we started, and I was a prayer group here. There's about a dozen of us, and I can see some of us around here today. And at the end of the night, we got together to reflect and share messages we received from God. There were some powerful reflections, all very, very positive. But I had a different message. And I chipped in with the fact I had this overwhelming sense that I needed to respect God more, to honor God more, and even to use the old biblical word, to fear God. Yes, fear this God who loves me, who forgives me, looks after me, and as I said at the start, has given me everything great in my life. And it's taken me two years of wrestling with that. When a couple of weeks ago, Artie Kendall was giving a sermon in here on why we should be a Christian and what it's like to follow God. And he talked with great wisdom on why we not, need not just love God, but also fear God. But in case I still was not listening, the wonders of social media and technology came to life. And my phone gave me three messages in consecutive days that same week. So here you see the Thursday, the Friday, the Saturday. Three verses of the day that pinged up in that same week. And I'll read it from bottom to top. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Proverbs nine to ten. The Lord will fight for you, you only need to be still. Exodus fourteen, fourteen. And finally, for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. From Isaiah forty one thirteen. The God this psalm talks about in verse four and five is so far beyond us, we should pray for him with fear and redemption. Sorry, trepidation. But because of verse 6, we know we can get close to him too because he stoops down to us. Becoming a Christian means praising God that on our darkest night, like Jesus did, it doesn't make everything immediately okay. It doesn't mean that your wishes will be granted. The reality is your life is going to be full of storms. They will range from light drizzle to potentially Category 7 hurricane. They will not just happen on a Sunday when you go to church. They could happen every day. And this is where it all came together for me. Being a Christian is not about avoiding the storms. And if you pardon the pun, it's how you weather the storm. It's about your faith and giving everything to God, even at the worst of times. Just as Jesus did when he sang this psalm. Sorry. It means putting God at the center every day throughout the day. This message was clear. It was not really about fear, but taking the Lord for granted and to put him at the center each day and thank him for the great things in your life. And he does it because he wants to, not because he needs to. He loves us. In the autumn last year, we studied the book of Romans. And during the season, I read this book by Simon Ponserby. And it's available to buy at the back, and I'd recommend it. It reminds us of Paul's attitude to thanking God. And it changed my life significantly. Sorry, just bear with me a second. First, I thank God through Jesus Christ for all of you Romans 1 to 18, Paul's life and letters are marked by thanksgiving, and amongst his most repeated catchphrases are, thanks be to God, or I thank God. Paul never got over the wonder of the gift of God's grace, and Paul never wants us to get over just what God has done for us. In Romans 1, to 25, Paul states, at the heart of sin is the fact people do not give thanks to God. If the hallmark of sin is withholding thanksgiving to God, then the hallmark of redemption and being redeemed and sanctified believer must be giving that thanksgiving to God. We must constantly remind ourselves of all we must be thankful for. Breath, work, rest, play, food, clothing, shelter, money, friends, healthcare, and so much more. And then there's God himself given to us in love now at the start i said that thanks to god is not just our due but our benefit psychologists have repeatedly proven in tests time and time again categorically that a thankful attitude each day produces immediate benefits a thankful person has a greater sense of feeling well sleeps deeper and longer has a better marriage is physically healthier is more optimistic Attains their goals, is more alert, more enthusiastic, energetic, and more caring to others. So when we thank God, God gives back to us physically, not just spiritually as well. It is this simple chapter of reflections on Romans that changed my life. I've faced a very tough storm in the last seven months. I know some of you know. I can't bear to talk about it. But the only thing that has kept me going has been focusing on the positives in my life every day. When my heart was being ripped apart, I hadn't slept for six months very well. I was exhausted, fatigued. But it changed my attitude. It made me positive about each day. It made me realize the good things in life. It made me sleep. It helped me realize that through the hardest year of my life, I know God is with me and my family. So, we Christians need to praise God, not because God needs or wants to, but because He deserves it. Praise is an act of faith. Praise must always be an act of faith. It's an act of faith that affirms the glory of God above the heavens. And as we heard when we thank God, we are the ones that get the benefit. We feel better, we feel happier. And that's the glory of God in action. So why not each and every day, before you go to bed, just take five minutes to reflect on the day and thank God for everything he's done that day that's good. And I thank you, Lord Father, for everything. So if you don't mind, I would just like to end with reading that psalm one more time. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, you his servants. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is exalted over all the nations, his glory above the nations. Who is like the Lord our God, the one who sits enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth? He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap he seats he seats them with princes and the princes of his people he settles a childless woman in a home as a happy mother of children praise the lord